Okay, hello. Hi, good morning. Um, yes, I'm Rosie. You had the prettier version, which was Sean. I'm the other half of the, uh, the couple. But um, I'm, do you know what? Actually, stepping up on stage was my first step. If I didn't trip over, I knew that I'd probably be onto a winner. So this is good. Um, so I got gentleness. And I just want to make a disclaimer. You've heard it from everybody who's spoken about the fruits of the Spirit. But um, no one has this down. Okay, there's not one person that could stand um, up here and tell you that they know from experience that they can do this. Um, so you've heard Sean say it, you know, he, he was worried about this one and it is true. We did wrestle a bit and I was like, but I'm not, I haven't got any, you know, self-control or anything like that. I haven't got this. I haven't got that. And that gentleness is a problem too, because I'm really not gentle. Um, and he was saying the same sort of stuff, but that's it. I think actually we've all got that common grounding, haven't we? And the difference is God. And the difference is Jesus. And, you know, once we kind of reconcile with that, but try, I think we're on to, to a better step. So, um, what is gentleness? Um, it's power under control, okay? But biblically, it's to submit your strength through humility before God and before others. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about humility. I think you can't really separate these things. They all kind of merge into. And um, humility is a struggle of mine. You can tell I'm not shy and retiring, okay? Um, never have been, probably never will be. However, humility is one of those things that I think gets us all at points. Um, it's a godly act. It's a hard act. It's something that means that you need to be humble. And when you're humble, you can be gentle. It's saying that although you recognize that you have power in some situations, and, and yes, we do, um, maybe a rightful power too. Maybe one that we feel we're justified in. You know, actually, you've done something to me. I have a right to respond. But it's to respond with the other person in mind. It's you can show a gentleness even though someone who's gentle wants to help, wants to show the other attributes that we've already discussed, these wonderful attributes that are the fruits of the Spirit. The hardest part, though, as I said, is when you've been done wrong. How can you be gentle in that? One word that is used quite often in line with gentleness in the Bible is meekness. And I used to hate that word. Um, I don't know why particularly, but I always thought weakness was a little bit, or meekness was a bit weak, should I say. Um, but actually, it's to be moderate, to be reasonable in our behavior, and that we should have measured actions instead of unmeasured reactions. Now, when you put it like that, I'm kind of like, actually, no, meekness is pretty cool, actually. So, my first point that I want to talk about is gentleness is not weakness. And there is the most amazing story in the Bible, in John 8. Um, and it's, it's brilliant. It just shows gentleness to its core. You see, the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus who was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus' response is on point, okay? So I'm just going to read this one to you. Um, you can follow behind me. So Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. 
As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. I think that's a beautiful story. And no matter how many times I hear that, there's always something new within it. Now, the story to me is kind of twofold. You see, Jesus knows that he's being tested by the Pharisees. He's not silly. He understands what they're trying to do, that their motives are not pure. And he's saying to the Pharisees a pretty firm response, actually. He's not arrogant. He's not rude with it. He never is, right? But it's like the model answer well-reasoned in every respect. So here's, here's another little confession. Um, I'm notorious for, for kind of talking to myself. I'm going to sound a bit weird now, but talking to myself when I have a moment with somebody else. And it's usually when there's a crossword, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes if you have a crossword with someone and it bothers you, you kind of think about the other things that you should or could have said, yeah? And I verbalise that when I'm on my own usually, okay? I mean, sometimes I think other drivers think I'm a little bit <laughs> mental. But um, I kind of, I'm, I'm driving and I'm like, I should have said this. And then I'll play out what they said and I'll, I'll play out what I should have said. And as I get more and more cross because I'm not letting it go, I'm getting less gentle with my answers and probably more unchristian. Yeah, and I, and I think we're all, maybe as we get more passionate, a little bit like this. Um, but you know what? Jesus's response is like perfection, okay? I said, I said, I love you, but what you're doing isn't right. I will challenge you, but I'm going to do it gently. It says he writes in the sand. And I think that this is purely just a chance to give the Pharisees a moment to reflect on their own behaviours. Come on, you've got, I, I've told you now, if you are without sin, sure, act on it. Go ahead, throw the first stone. And then he's like... <laughs> and I think he just knows that once he's given them this opportunity to reflect on their own behaviours, their own thought process, it's going to be good. It's like a diffusing the situation. He asks them to consider... And then with the woman herself, he was, she was blatantly caught in this moment of sin, okay? She was known for sin. And, and he, again, he's firm. He doesn't let her get away with it, but he is loving. And he kind of, it's like that gentle nature that he has. He's clear with the sin that is there in front of him, but it's pure gentleness. Oh, wow, no one accuses you. 
Neither do I then. Go and sin no more. I love you. The love covers you. I'm going to be so gentle with you because that's what love is about. But you know what? You do need to learn not to sin again. And I bet you she was like, whoa, that response did something bigger in her than any other response. So I think we need to think about that. We need to think about all that Jesus is and how we can follow that example. People can sometimes think that if they respond gently, they're seen as weak. Um, It was a weak response. What you've just said to them, they're not going to learn from that. They're not going to go away and think about that. That That was just weak. It's not a good lesson for them. I say that responding gently is harder and therefore takes more strength. So... Another point is how we speak. Sean kind of made reference to this, but the tongue is powerful, right? It has the power to tear down or to build up. The tongue is the most flexible muscle in the body, uh, which is why it basically never tires. I expect some of you were wondering (laughs) if someone that you maybe know could tire a little bit. But you know what? It doesn't. And and I've got students that are like... in the corner of my room, and I'm like, give it a rest. But that's it. So the tongue never tires. And and when we're talking, we can say things that really do cause harm. Words we speak can cause pain or trouble. They can certainly take you further away from the, the, the desires that God has for you. Because the spoken word can wield power. It says in Proverbs 15.4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Simply think before you speak. Maybe take yourself away to calm yourself down. Check your words. Are they going to give someone a boost or are they going to cast them down? Will you speak fruitful, life-giving words or words to harm? Will you be talking with love and gentleness or with something that doesn't display God's attributes. My last point is how we act. Now, um, I've got, see, Laverne, I don't think he's in this service, um, mocked me and said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally heckle you. And I was like, you go ahead, because I've got some eggs. <laughs> so he, he, can, he can heckle all he likes. He's not here now. But eggs, we know. So when my daughter wants to bake and she gets the egg, I'm like... Uh, let me do the egg. Let's do that. But if you think about it this way, your hand is representing almost the actions that we have, okay? And we know that an egg's shell is very, very delicate. It can crack or break very, very easily. And that's a bit like the relationships that we hold. So your hand has all the strength And the relationships that we have day in, day out, the people that mean something to us, the people that we come across, anybody, we've got that in the palm of our hands almost. And if we're causing harm, if we're doing something that's maybe giving unnecessary harm, maybe, maybe we're going to cause a problem with that person. And you see, it's about holding things with love and care and gentleness Because, as we know, once it's cracked, it's very, very difficult to regain the trust. Look at that, that's gross. 
to regain the trust that was in that relationship. It's not impossible, but there's a crack there. And we've caused that. We've caused that because we weren't gentle. Now, um, I've got a, an image here of, you know, like when little kids meet babies and they're very cute and they're very sweet. I mean, I'm not really a baby person. I've had two, but I'm not like, oh, baby. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, Sean isn't either. It's so funny because when, when he gets given a baby that somebody else's, I mean, ours, he was like, you know, and they kind of, like, uh. but when it's someone else's, he's like, yeah, and, and this is it. But when children have this natural ability to just be gentle and loving and cute and, yeah, that's cute. First um, Timothy says that we're supposed to pursue gentleness. Pursue. It's an automatic gift. It is a pursuit, a challenge, a continual chasing of that attribute. As we get older, we kind of lose that kind of natural gentleness that we might have. It's active. It's something that we need to look for. How do we act in a reasonable way to keep our power under control, to, to respond or address in love and with gentleness? In those moments when the kids wind you up, all right, you with me? I've just had the summer holidays. Going back to work's a rest. Um, and I work with teenagers. So, um, and it's, it's all when, when someone does or says something that just raises that internal chilled balance that you all must carry all the time. You know, that stress moment. Mark calls them extra grace required people. Yeah? Brilliant saying, right. So we want to teach people to be all of these things we've talked about. We certainly want people to respond with gentleness when we need it. Often, to teach others about it, we need to show it. As a teacher, almost, you know, you can't just say something and expect your students to follow you. You've got to model it. You've got to show it. A good leader always shows what they expect the person following to do. We've got to model this. There's a man named D.L. Moody who said this, and this really hit me when I was looking at this. Out of 100 men, one will read the Bible and the other 99 will read the Christian. Ouch. Okay? You're being watched, whether you realise it or not. And, and to act in this beautifully gentle way to give people the love that they so desperately crave and want to show these fruits of the spirit that's walking in God that's true it says in Colossians to clothe yourself in gentleness to literally wear it to make sure that when we arise each day we put on the attribute as well as others gentleness is an active thing that we have to practice We'll be tested and we will struggle. To truly be gentle, we've got to dig into God. Follow Christ's example because that is the best example, right? And to display these attributes, we've got to pray about it too. We've got to ask for that God-given Holy Spirit moment. There are many examples in the Bible of Jesus' gentleness and strength. Pray for that gift. Showing the fruits of the Spirit is a surrender of our ways to Christ's ways. The fruits of the Spirit are about being more Christ-like, portraying him 
and surrendering ourselves to him. God is after your salvation and your transformation. Amen? Thank you.